Hi, it's Regal. Swimfan has been very busy with work recently, so we haven't had as much time to record. Um, and I want to take this time, uh, partially because of that, partially just because I wanted to, to sort of record some solo content about things that um, wouldn't necessarily make sense to talk about with Swimfan because they're very specific about games I play that you know maybe he doesn't play or hasn't played to the same depth, um, or about topics that you know don't really require a second person to bounce ideas off of. Um, and more of this will be coming out going forward. I'm not sure at what frequency yet. Depends on <laughs> how annoyed or excited I get by games, I suppose. This will have a video component, so I'll be demonstrating some things uh, on the YouTube video. But I will try to make it as audio-friendly as possible, and hopefully um, audio listeners can still follow along if they so choose. The general thing I want to talk about today is a rework to the Solfus class in Lost Ark. Hit Korean MMO Lost Ark, uh, which I play. Uh, Solfus is also my main, or was, I suppose, depending on how this goes, my main. I want to talk about, you know, what is the rework? Why are people, including me, unhappy about the rework? Um, why they said they did the rework and why maybe I don't necessarily agree with the perspective they stated. Of course, as we learned from the Legion Legendaries episode, it's pretty hard necessary to take companies at their word, right, uh, for public releases. But I think it's at least worth talking about the points that were raised. And then I'll spend a little bit of time talking about how I would rework Solfus and what I think the problems, the quote-unquote real problems are by real players, of course. Uh, and then at the end, I'll spend a little bit of time talking about some more meta topics like why are reworks necessary and when, most importantly, when is the right time to do a rework and why, in many ways, I feel like the Lost Ark model prevents reworks from happening in a way that makes people happy. Not that reworks necessarily make people happy in general, but you know they can be positive. They're obviously sometimes needed. So the first thing I think I have to do is introduce um, what Solfus is. So and to some degree, what Lost Ark is. Lost Ark is an MMO. It's um, the the main endgame content for most players is raiding, very similar to the raiding that's done in Final Fantasy XIV or World of Warcraft. You know, it's it's like eight player, usually eight players, sometimes four, cooperative gameplay. Uh, you fight an AI boss, right? The other a unique thing about Lost Ark, as you can see if you're on YouTube, is that it's a isometric game or a top-down game. It moves much like League of Legends or Dota, um, not so much third or first person like uh, Final Fantasy or WoW, right? Um, that doesn't really have much effect on what we're doing here, but it is something to keep on if you've never seen the game before. So what is Solfus? Well, Solfus is a DPS class, and specifically the, the spec of Solfus I play is Energy Overflow. This is a swiftness class, meaning it's, um, it builds the stat that increases attack speed, move speed, and cooldowns. Um, it's a very, you know, generally this falls in the category, a common category in this game, which is like a spammy uptime class. But Solfus also has a lot of complexity in its class identity. Uh, EO in particular has a lot of things built into its identity that make it also a burst class. So it's not just a sustained damage class, even though it's a swiftness class. It's very unique in that regard and many other regards. So just a little bit about how the class functions. Um, it's The identity is this thing called hype. So uh, you can enter level one, level two, or level three hype. They last uh, different amounts of time. They last 80, 40, and 20 seconds respectively, and they give you a significant buff during the time. Well, two of them give you significant buffs. Um, they give you a buff to 
cooldown attack speed and damage dealt. I won't get into the exact numbers, but uh, the general idea is, you know, hype two gives you 25% damage and hype three gives you 60% damage, um, as well as, you know, decreased cooldowns. That's sort of the most important aspect. And then after you're done with hype, after your hype buff expires, you enter this mode called spirit recovery or meditation or horny jail, um, depending on what you want to call it. It's translated in several different ways. Horny jail is not the official translation. Um, and it lasts longer depending on which level of hype you were at when it gets canceled. That's not that important. Um, basically, you have a downtime where you don't have the buff after you use it, right? So it's sort of a cycle-based class. Like you go into your hype phase where you're doing a lot of damage, and then after you're done with it, you enter this downtime before you can go into it again. The difference between the levels uh, is damage and cooldown. Uh, but basically, in practice, level 1 has no use. It's 10% damage and 5% CDR. The important parts, that's really not enough to justify not using it. And you can't enter your next levels of hype uh, while you're in this one. Obviously, you can only be in one at a time. So you cycle through them. So in practice, you the only usable ones are hype 2 and hype 3. Hype 1 has very niche uses that are not really worth talking about. Um, and of course, the point is that hype 3 is your big burst window. So you want to be in there... Generally speaking, as much as possible, you never really want to skip over Hype 3 unless um, there's very specific situations that happen. And the way it plays, obviously, like I said, the Swiftness class. The other thing to keep in mind is that there is, uh, it uses the Dominion set. So uh, this is, you know, every class can choose between usually just one, but sometimes more than one set bonus. Uh, this Dominion set bonus says uh, when you use your Awakening, which is a, a four minute cooldown with the set, plus it's affected by your other CDR, um, you gain a buff that gives you additional cooldown reduction and damage. It's fairly straightforward, but uh, as you can imagine, there is um, the challenge with this is keeping it up as much of the time as possible because the cooldown is long. Um, so the way it works with Solfus is that you want to use it in Hype 2 or Hype 3 to take advantage of the CDR that your identity gives you in addition to your swiftness, and that lets you have the buff up uh, more or less permanently with a little downtime. There's also an alternative where you can use it with uh, Commission Judgment of Runes, but we'll, we'll obviously leave that aside for now. That's more technical than it's necessary. So at a very high level, the identity class is like this. You are managing a lot of timers that are going at the same time, right? So let's say you're in Hype 2. You have 40 seconds to decide when you transition to Hype 3. Um, at the same time, you have a Inner Awakening Dominion buff um, that's ticking down. You need to be make sure that you're not in horny jail when this expires. You want to reactivate it, and you want to reactivate when you're in Hype 2 and Hype 3. Um, along at the same time as that, you want to make sure that you're able, that the boss transitions into a phase where you can hit it for 20 seconds before you enter Hype 3, right? This is your big burst window. When the boss opens up a situation for you to hit it, you want to make sure you're able to transition to Hype 3 and dump your whole burst, because that's the majority, or that's your biggest sort of um, damage window. You're trying to balance these factors uh, at the identity level. And those things aren't changing. The The core identity of the class, uh, those three factors don't change. But uh, as you can imagine, just from the description, that's actually, that already is a pretty high level of complexity. Most players that don't play Soul Fist um, are either don't learn about this stuff uh, because they don't have to, uh, because it's sort of annoying to learn, and uh, or they bounce off the class because it's very complex. In fact, I myself almost bounced off the class. The first time I got my Dominion set, I didn't main Solvice at the time. Um, like my mind got kind of scrambled for like 
uh, you know, one or two fights, just trying to keep track of all the new things I had to had to take care of. So it's a it's a very it's a very complex class. I would say, at the class identity class mechanics level, not counting all of the raid level stuff that you have to learn, um, I would consider it to be at least in my experience, like one of the most complex classes in the game. It depends on whether you value. It depends on whether you think, you know, class complexity and tracking things like timers and uptime is harder or things like low mobility and uh, low health are harder. In some ways, Sulf is also a very easy class because it has extremely high mobility. It has the skill Flash Step, which is the best mobility skill in the game. I don't think it's particularly close. Maybe Shadow Hunters is kind of close. Uh, and it has it's very tanky. It has natural high HP because it's a martial artist as a base class. And it has uh, this skill energy release. On a low cooldown, if you're EO, gives you a flat 25% damage reduction for yourself and your party. And you can take a tripod that makes it um, even even more damage reduction, right? And it lasts six seconds. So, and this is a skill you use as much as possible when it's off cooldown. So in reality, you know, this is, this is up like 75 to 100% of the time, meaning that you're one of the most survival classes in the game outside of the ones that give themselves shields, right? Or that are, that are actual tanks. And those things aren't changing in the rework actually. Um, but the thing that I, and I think, you know, I haven't done market research on this or anything, but based on what I've read, the, the feeling I get is that many people share my sentiment, which is that the really interesting about Solfus is the modality of the skills, uh, meaning that each skill can be applied in multiple different ways. Even your highest damage skill, Merciless Pummel, which is a sort of uh, melee ranged combo. It's really just a melee range channeled ability, right? If you're on YouTube, you can kind of see it, you know, it lasts about a second, uh, your animation lock during it. Even this has some level of mobility because modality as it currently stands, although not in the future, in that it's a back attack, right? And it's your only back attack, which means you're not committed to playing at the boss's back. So if you're at the boss's front, you know, you can choose to use Merciless Pummel at the front to, you know, use up the cooldown resource that you have, or you can pre-position at the back, or you can make the decision that you feel like it's better to get to the back to get the small damage bonus from the back attack um, and the crit bonus as well, which is also important. But pretty much all the other skills have a number of different modes that they can be used for. Uh, we'll, we'll ignore the counter for now. This is obviously just the counter synergy utility skill. Um, but let's talk about the other skills. So. The other one that's also very straightforward is Celestial Palm. So Celestial Palm uh, is a range skill, which is very, which is important. It's a range skill and many of Solfa's skills, despite being largely a melee class, is sort of a hybrid range melee class as it currently exists, um, because many of the skills can't, either are range or can be used from range. Henley Squash is one of them. The uh, This one is just a straightforward damage skill. However, uh, the the one thing you can do with it is that it's uh, you can animation cancel at the end of it. So uh, you can throw it at the beginning of your combo and immediately queue up a skill, even though I failed to do it there. Um, and the skill will come out earlier than if you queue up a skill after another ability. This is very minor. This is mostly just a range damage skill that can also be used for melee, of course, um, but also not a back attack. Let's talk about the other skill. So flash step, as I mentioned, is your mobility skill, but uh, you also take the second tripod, which is Victory Shout. And the tripod Victory Shout basically gives you a smaller damage buff 
uh, every time you cast it, stacking up to three times. So you get up to you know 14, you know about 45%. So you get very close to the energy release cooldown. This gives you a three second window to uh, fit something else into after you use it. So you can use it, in other words, you can use it as a mobility skill or as a damage skill. And of course, sort of the Zen of the class is built around this energy release skill. It's a short cooldown with enough swiftness and enough stacks of uh, identity and dominion and stuff. You know, depending on what level of hype you're in, it's somewhere between a six to 12 second cooldown. It's a big damage buff that lasts six seconds and it that damage buff is sort of what allows Solfus to be competitive. There is no competitive damage build that, that doesn't run energy release, right? Um, so your goal is to fit as much of your rotation into the six second window as possible. So with flash step, you're able to sort of supplement that if you have flash step available, uh, depending on the situation, to sort of get an additional three second window uh, to make up for the energy release downtime if you have a skill off cooldown. Um, so you make decisions about things like, do I flash step to uh, chase the boss or for mobility, or which, which you usually do because the buff is not that important, or do I use flash step to use some skills that I have off cooldown, or do I just not use those skills at all in order to save them from our next energy release? Because energy release, again, is not a long cooldown. It usually makes sense, for example, to save your pummel cooldown for when energy release comes back up. Force Orb is the next one. It's, um, it's a skill where you shoot three fireballs in a little cone in front of you. Uh, if you've played Dota, you know about Marana's triple arrow talent. It's very similar to that, right? You shoot a cone. Uh, they stack fully, so the, I, obviously the idea, you can imagine, is to shoot it in melee range, so all three of them hit the boss at the same time. However, if you're at range, you can choose to shoot it. Uh, you can try to hit you know, two at a time, uh, or you can choose to shoot it at the boss when you're at range to do you know, somewhere between one-third to two-thirds damage. And the reason you would choose to do that is you want to make use of the cooldown resource. So for example, if you're cut off from the boss, right? But you're, you can still energy release and do a ranged combo right? for less damage than if you're in melee, but uh, you're able to use your resources to maintain uptime, a lesser uptime in that sense. And then we have the two most mobile skills, which are Crippling Barrier and Energy Blast. So Crippling Barrier is a your lowest damaging skill. Um, it's a holding skill that sort of stacks up damage the longer you hold it, but does most of its damage at the beginning and the end. What that means is you can tap it, Right, uh, so if you're if you're in a high level of hype with very high cooldown reduction, you're able to use it at the end of your combo, or you know depending on what's up at, during part of your combo, you're able to just tap it once and get most. I think it's like sixty percent of the damage out of it, or something like that. Um, or if the situation permits, you can choose to hold it for the full duration, which is uh, somewhere between two to three seconds usually. If you're able to do that consistently, which you're actually not able to without messing up your rotations, um, it does quite a lot of damage. But the point being that you, you can choose, depending on the situation, to hold it for longer. So one common use is that when you're in your burst phase in Hype 3, you almost never do this because you're busy, uh, because your other spells are going to come off cooldown within time, right? So you almost always tap it during your burst phase. Now, when you're done with your burst phase and you're in spirit recovery mode, when you have no cooldown reduction from hype at all, uh, your cooldowns are long enough that you can often set up a position where you do want to hold it for the whole time. The other thing people do, which 
is probably not that good, but it's fun and interesting to think about, is you can put a protection rune on the skill. Uh, the protection rune just basically means when you're holding it, you get a small shield, 12% of your max HP, which you can use to deal with boss mechanics. So a lot of bosses have unavoidable damage. If you are concerned about that, you can use uh, the shield from Crippling Barrier, since it's a low damage ability, you don't give up too much by just putting on Quota randomly to basically tank a hit. Again, not very important and not that good, but it appeals specifically to Soulfus players, I think, because that's exactly what the rest of the kit kind of encourages you to do, right? Think about using your skills in different situations. And the final skill is the most important one and the one most people, including me, are the most upset about losing, which is Energy Blast. This is a simply arranged uh, channeling skill that shoots a laser. Uh, it's your second highest damage ability, and it has one important feature, which is that it has a tenacity trap that you actually take. Tenacity in this game means push immunity, uh, which means knock immunity, which is a long way to say that it allows you to tank a lot of boss patterns, and in, especially it lets you tank some very dangerous boss patterns that would even kill you. For example, in many uh, many fights, you're able to be knocked off the map if you get hit by a pattern. It gives you tenacity right when you start channeling it, before you even start shooting the laser. So if the boss is attacking you, you can just press it at any point, even during the windup, you have tenacity. Uh, it's a really great uh, oh shit button, right? You're able to use it uh, to save yourself in some situations uh, reactively rather than proactively, right? Obviously, proactively, you could you know see the pattern coming and you know, get out of the way before it happens. But if you fail to do that, you can react with energy blast and the save you. The other thing, of course, is that it's ranged. It's fully ranged. Unlike Force Orbit, it has no uh, penalty for being ranged. By the way, Crippling Barrier, also ranged. Um, it's fully ranged. And because it's high damage, you can just do a rotation. If you're cut off from the boss, you can do a rotation where you do a fully ranged attack uh, sorry, a fully arranged rotation in your energy release without getting close to the boss at all. Now, obviously, that's not a very good rotation damage-wise because you lose your biggest damage. Merciless Pawn was off 50% of your damage, but if you're completely cut off from the boss, this is a totally reasonable thing you can do. And in this situation, you're usually able to channel your Crippling Barrier as well. So I hope this paints a picture of what really appeals to me and from what I glean most Solfus players all Solfus, which is... It's very uniquely in this game, a class where it can handle many different kinds of situations and they handle them reactively rather than proactively. Meaning, um, even if you don't know that you're about to get cut off from the boss, you can dash away from the boss while it's doing a dangerous pattern and you can react to being in that situation by doing a different combo uh, or different rotation, right? To maintain your uptime. And depending on what the rest of the situation is, you can then go back in and do your normal rotation. You can function from the front of the boss, but you do better. You do more, literally more damage at the back of the boss. You can choose which, you know, you can choose whether you think it's worth trying to get to the back of the boss in a certain situation. You can try to get there naturally, but you don't lose much for not being there. Um, you have defensive abilities. And you can also, the other thing you can do is you can use the Tenacity Energy Blast to purposely tank hits that would normally knock you up um, if you're if you want to leverage your survivability your tankiness to do more damage right so a good example for is in Braille gate 3 the boss does a spinning attack and the fight uh, and then the final spin has a knockup right so if you want to fully leverage your uh, tankiness as a class you can tank most of the first hits 
and then you do your rotation. And then when the boss does the last hit, you finish on energy blast, right? And you tank the last hit. So obviously you don't normally want to get hit, uh, especially when you're on eye level, but it gives you the opportunity to do so, for example, if you have a support awakening shield. And you know, this, this modality is completely separate from the core quote unquote identity of the class as it's defined by the class mechanics. This is something that's very rare in the rest of the game. It's, um, there is, I feel like there is almost no class that has this much sort of uh, flexibility between different situations. Similarly, it's a class with a very high skill ceiling, if you want to put it that way. It's a class that's very complex that requires a lot of decision making. And it's a very, very, very reactive class, meaning you're able, you have tools to thrive in almost any situation that is thrown at you but you have to know how to use them, right? And similarly, it's a high barrier to entry. So it's a class that is very hard to start playing, uh, and it's also similarly hard to play well, and it is um, right in the middle of the pack as much as far as damage goes. But the damage you do correlates very strongly to your performance in the situation. So Solfist does not do very high damage in tricks in uh, against a target dummy, but in any given fight, if you were to go back and look at it again, there's a lot of cases where you notice uh, specific interactions that you could have made a different decision. You have the tools to make a different decision and do better, right? In other words, your skill correlates a lot to your performance on a given day. So that's really just a long way to say that this is a niche class. This is a class that not a lot of people play and this is a class that uh, is hard to start playing, right? It's a class that not a lot of people play, and it's not, uh, unless you're really attracted to this idea, it's not a class that many people play as an alt, for example. Okay, so that was a very short explanation of how the class actually works. So what are they changing? Uh, well, if you can guess from what I've been complaining about, um, they're changing the core identity of the class by replacing a number of skills. Uh, they have changed the way certain skills work so that um, they can only be used by one or the other spec. Uh, in this case, the energy blast, the laser I talked about, crippling barrier, um, and force orb. Force orb just got nerfed, but the first two are changed so that um, energy orb basically cannot use them anymore uh, as, a, as a hard rule. So what we get instead is we get lightning palm, which is a melee uh, low cooldown melee back attack skill. And we get Shadow Breaker, which is a melee low cooldown back attack skill. We actually used to use Shadow Breaker um, in the past before the last update gave us Force Orb. Or not Force Orb, before the update that gave us uh, Energy Blast as a usable skill. And Finally, uh, we get a new skill that replaces Venomous Fist. Um, I can't show it because it's a new skill that doesn't exist yet, but it's, from what I can tell, it is essentially a uh, st Starfall Pounce from Glavier, but it's a short mobility skill that mostly is a damage skill. Uh, I believe it's also a bath, well, actually, maybe it's not a back attack. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, but the, the two skills that currently exist that are getting buffed um, are back attacks. So how does this change the playstyle? Well, if you've been following along, what that means is the three most modal skills have gotten removed and they're replaced with two back attack skills. So 
how does that change the gameplay? Well, now we run Ambush Master, which is a uh, which is a synergy that or which is an engraving. Um, you can think of it as a talent in some ways, right? That increases your back attack damage only, which means now we're committed to being at the boss's back all the time. Even though we still have one or two non-back attack skills, um, the vast, you know, at least three, so at least 60% of our damaging skills are now back attacks. Um, the identity and the awakening, or in the dominion set doesn't change, but essentially... Uh, the class gameplay now revolves around using your high mobility to get to the boss's back and spamming your low cooldown skills when you reach the boss's back. Um, the other thing that's changed is that Energy Blast used to have a very long cooldown, right, comparable to Pummel, which means you would try to sort of um, theory craft certain rotations to fit in as many Energy Blasts and Pummels as possible because they were your two biggest skills. Now, without Energy Blast, you only have Pummel as your main damage now i haven't seen the damage breakdown numbers right so this could be wrong but as far i'm fairly confident about this which is that pummel is now your biggest skill your goal is basically to press energy release use pummel and then uh, for your other skills stay at the back and just press them off cooldown from everything i've seen in gameplay this seems like the general pattern right um you're no longer and by the way these are also both melee right these don't hit range at all they are actually very short range force palm or Lightning Palm is a bit longer, but uh, the tripod also changed, so I'm not sure how that's going to work exactly. But it is definitely very melee compared to what we had before, right? Which is two range skills. So the modality of the skills is basically all gone. Uh, again, I don't know about the new skill, but these skills now only have one use. So if you compare a situation, right? If the boss, in the past, if the boss was doing a um, anti-melee pattern, like a spin that hits melee units, you could dash out and you could choose uh, to do a range combo to the class, to, to the boss, right? Or you could stay in and tank a hit using uh, energy blasts, tenacity. Now, when the boss does that, you basically have no choice. You can't do either of those two options. So your only option is to leave and wait uh, and until you can go back to the boss's back and do your combo. In fact, this is basically the only decision you make for anything. In any situation, uh, you now only have to think about two things, which is your class identity stuff, right? Your cooldowns, your hype, uh, your dominion. And the only other thing you have to think about is how do I get to the boss's back? You're now essentially just a, in my opinion, although I haven't played with it, right? But we'll see. But based on what I know and what I've seen, you're basically a generic swiftness back attack class with very short range, right? You're, you go to the boss's back at any, at any point, your only goal is to get to the boss's back and do your, you know, spammy uptime rotation. When the boss moves, you use your ability to get to the boss's back again, and you, you repeat, right? You're no longer able to play from range. You're no longer able to use tenacity and you're no longer able to choose not to go to the boss's back. Obviously, you can still choose that, but your damage goes down significantly because you're now locked into Ambush Master and having back attacks on all your skills. As you can imagine, uh, well, I'm obviously not happy about this. That's why I'm making this video. But many people are not happy about this for much the same reasons that I am, which is that we were attracted to Solfus because it was complicated and because it was flexible. And now those two things are 
largely gone. Now, if you considered Solfist's uh, you know, EO Solf is intended to be like a high mobility spammy class. Um, that still is the case, but there, I think there is already plenty of those classes that exist, and Solfist offered something different than what those classes did. Something very different, something unique in the game in some ways. Right now, the cost of that uniqueness is that it's a niche class. It's a class that's very hard to pick up and play. It's a class that not many people want to pick up and play. Uh, so they've actually tried to rework Solfist twice. Um, and the response both times has been very negative. And I want to talk about why they exactly said they did this. So the first time, the reason that they gave was that Solfist is a very low pop class. Basically, is a niche class. It's a very low population class that not many people play. That's very hard to play. That, uh, you know, because of the complexity of the identity, everything that's involved, many players don't want to start playing Solfist. I don't agree that's a problem. We'll talk more about that uh, later. The reason they gave this time was that the two Solfist specs uh, use the same skills, which is true. Both Robust Spirit, which is the other spec, uh, and Energy Overflow, which is the one we're talking about, use exactly the same skills and largely exactly the same rotation. Um, so build diversity fundamentally is like a quote-unquote good thing, right, at a, at a very, very shallow level. But the way they addressed this problem was they made three skills basically not usable by energy overflow by basically changing their damage talents tripods um, to work only with robust spirit and similarly the new skills we got we have to use them because they got tripods that only work with energy overflow you can imagine why i don't agree that this solves the problem of build flexibility, right? While it is true that they the two classes literally do not use the same skills anymore, you don't have any more choice than you did before. In fact, um, the extra annoying thing about this change is that I can't even choose to make a, make a build with Energy Blast anymore. I mean, that's you're essentially no longer able to use it. And I guess I should add one thing, which is the actual effect. I, I can see one way which is appealing, which is the actual effect of energy overflow um, has never really mattered. Um, it's that uh, you, so the funny thing is um, Solfus has this energy bar, but it doesn't matter for either spec really. Like neither spec really has to care about this energy bar. Um, the energy overflow basically says you have, your energy can't go below one, but you you do a little bit of bonus if it's under 30%. So basically it's rewarding you for consistently using skills uh, at any given time. Now, you know, you can see how if you have skills with long cooldowns, that sort of runs against the grain. And right now we only run one level of this class. But generally speaking, we're able to keep it up even with a long cooldown. That's not really a problem once you get high enough level. So, you know, in some ways having a shorter cooldowns you know, having the identity tied to shorter cooldowns, you know, rewards you for continuing to do that. But um, I think that's, you know, once you reach a high level, that has never really been something to even think about. Right? That's activating the class identity has never really existed in some ways because it's so easy to get into that 30% threshold. So I don't agree basically that the changes made the builds any more flexible. Same as before, we're basically forced to take certain skills because of by far the highest damage skills. 
and but this time we're we're forced to take different ones based on our class um, and i don't you know i don't really agree that this addresses the problem with build diversity and it certainly doesn't increase flexibility right um now the way the game works you know many classes function this way right there's many many classes have like different categories of skills and uh certain specs are basically forced to take one or the or the other and that's fine that's like a common paradigm right but and that's how they normally solve this problem but i would say that they introduced this problem they basically like solved a problem that didn't exist by introducing the same problem right um like I think fundamentally, if you just want people to like see that they are different, there are different skills. That's fine, but the builds are not any more flexible than they were before, right? And there's no, not really any more room. In fact, there's potentially even less room for creativity than there was before. To me, if you want to take a really cynical approach, it's really just like they aren't confident that if they just make more skills viable in different ways, that they'll be able to balance them so that one is not clearer than the other. And therefore, they're just doing it this um, very ham-fisted way, for lack of a better term. Okay, let's go back to the the first problem, which is not many people play this class. It's a hard class to pick up, hard class to learn, low population class. Isn't that a problem? Um, so in conclusion, I don't think that's a problem in Lost Ark at all. I think that's in fact, I think in many ways that's actually a good thing, not a problem at all. Um, it can be a problem in some games, though. So, for example, in League of Legends, where you have to buy champions, if a champion is very, very underpicked, underplayed, for whatever reason, the company is incentivized to make the champion more popular because the more popular a champion is, the more likely they're to be bought, which means more revenue. Now, you know, there, there are some confounding factors here, like players only spend a certain amount for champions and not every champion can be quote-unquote popular right? that's not how popularity is defined but you know the the point generally stands that it makes sense to sort of increase the popularity of an unpopular champion or class if that leads to to you know an increase in revenue in some way in lost ark i simply don't think that's true at all um, in fact i think that is rather senseless the reason is there are more classes than people can play. It's an MMO, so people are sort of encouraged to be dedicated to certain classes, right? And there is a soft cap on the number of classes you can have, number of characters you can have, uh, or that you can play actively, which is six, right? And there's like 20, somewhere between 20 and 30 classes, I think, um, not even counting different specs. But out of those 20 classes, uh, game is basically set up so that you can only dedicate your time to six of them uh, because of the, the you know golden and cap and things like that uh, in addition to other problems like uh, not having the mats to go around right many mats to increase the island of characters are shared and things like that if you can only pick six classes it does not you know not every class has to have equal representation as long as there are people who play the class that are happy with it i don't see any reason why having a niche class is a problem in this game. In fact, I think it's a good thing because it allows more individuality, right? Being a niche class uh, can mean underpower. So obviously there's power level concerns, but like I said earlier, Solfus is not underperforming relative to other classes. And if it was, you didn't have to rework it. Um, 
But I think there are very, there are obviously good reasons why having a class that's distinct from the other classes um, makes sense in an MMO where you're encouraging people or encouraging players to dedicate more and more time into a single class, right? To stack on top of a single class. In, in my opinion, this change is harmful because it turns this unique niche class into a class, a category of classes that already exists, which is, you know, spammy back attackers, right? Perfect Special Shadow Hunter, uh, Control Glavier, uh, Thirst Reaper are all are now all very very similar to Solfus and how they play. Now they were all they were like similar to each other before. Um, two of them were, which is kind of one of the reasons why two of them were in many ways like dead classes, right? And had many like quality of life issues but Solfus was in my opinion not that um, it was competitive it I don't think it really had quality of life issues not that I think it's a perfect class we'll talk about how what I think the actual problems were and how they would be changed but at a high level um, it basically homogenizes this class into a category that already exists it used to have a very unique appeal that nothing else in the game offered that uh, was appealing to me and the other Solfus mains uh, that was not appealing to most players, which is fine. Um, but now it's the same as any other, any of these other classes. So I, you know, I could have already had a very similar experience to New Solfus playing Perfect Subversion Shadow Hunter, which I may still, which has actually changed now to become more like Solfist, old Solfist, uh, or Thirst Reaper, right? But um, I could have already had those experiences. And now Solfist is giving me pretty much an equivalent experience or something very, very close to the experience of playing those already existing classes. Okay, let's talk about what I think the actual problems with Solfist were. Uh, it was not, like I said, it was not a perfect class. It had, I think, um, not, I don't think it had glaring issues, but it had some kind of annoying issues. The, the main one, uh, and this is for EO only, um, the main one is that Hype 1 is basically useless. So, as I mentioned before in my explanation, you go from Hype 1 to 2 to 3, but you basically only ever use two and three. There is almost no reason you would ever stay in high point. There are some uh, very specific instances. In practice, you only use two and three. Um, this is because to get to, you can't be in both high point and high three at the same time, and you can't be in high point and high three at the same time, which means that the longer you stay in hype one, the more you're cutting your own damage time because you want to rather be in one of the modes that do more damage. Uh, similarly, you want to get into spirit recovery as soon as possible so you can get into hype three again. Essentially, staying in hype one is basically staying in spirit recovery for extra time. There's no real reason that you would ever do that. Um, it's also not long enough for the, the cooldown reduction buff is not long enough for you to get the awakening, uh, the dominion buff. You have to be in hype two at least to do that. So that's, that's the main one. There is no reason to use Hype 1. We'll talk more about how I would change it to make it more interesting, um, or it can just be removed, but it should be addressed that this part of the identity has basically zero use. The next one is one they, they sort of have to address, which is that there are a number of skills which have no use. Now, some of these are PvP skills, but we'll, we'll ignore that for the moment. Um, and some are uh, Chaos Dungeon skills. But generally, there's there's a large number of skills that have essentially zero use. Venomous Fist, which they remove as one of them. Um, Energy Bullet, Deadly Finger, 
to some extent palm burst although there is some some build with this right uh, about approximately one third of the the skills have no use in uh raid in a raid setting and about you know one fourth to one fifth of them have as far as i know no use at all uh which is a problem i mean these skills have like animations attached to them and and modeling and things like that um you would hope that they they should at least have some niche use maybe and some of them are using pvp some of them are using chaos dungeons but um they're useless and i think that that can be addressed in fact i i don't see why they shouldn't be addressed by buffing them in certain scenarios which they which they did uh to be fair with things like magnetic palm uh to be to be used on chaos dungeons but I think we can work on these skills to make, potentially make them useful. But at the same time, you know, the way the game works, you only have eight slots and their eight slots are going to go to the eight skills that do the most damage or that work in your specific rotation, right? There's not that much room for flexibility because, for example, you have gems that affect specific skills. It's very rare to make a second gem page. Um, so I think it's okay in some ways that they're useless skills, but this can be fixed by changing or buffing the skills. And the other problem is more of a meta problem, which is that Solfus lacks a fifth engraving option. Um, I won't, I don't want to get into the details of exactly what this means if you're not familiar with the game, but we we essentially run one of two like fairly subpar fifth engravings, either Keen Blunt or Crystal. And why is this? This is because it, for the vast majority of classes, that fifth engraving slot goes to one of the three directional engravings. So either uh, either a back attack, a head attack, or hitmaster, which affects skills that are neither back attacks or head attacks. Now, personally, I don't necessarily think this is the best way to design the system, but in any case, Solfus can't use that because Merciless Pommel is 50% of our damage and it's a back attack, which is exactly too low to use Ambush Master efficiently, but also too high to use Hitmaster efficiently, right? Um, so we're stuck stuck in between, meaning we don't really have a fifth option. Now, I would say the game needs a couple more situational engravings, but that's a discount for a separate time. The main problem that's specific to the class is Hype 1, and to some extent, Energy. I mean, Energy, as it currently exists, also largely has no purpose other than making the game very unfun for robust players. Um, that's more of a robust problem because EO allows us to essentially ignore the energy bar. So let's talk about hype one. So one thing we could do is we could just remove hype one. I think that's fine. Um, I honestly don't see a huge problem if they just want to do that as the simplest solution. We have this very common, uh, we have very, several very common sayings that basically get this idea in programming, which is if something has no purpose, you should just remove it because simplicity is fundamentally good, right? It just lessens the burden for people in the class and things like that. But let's say you want to keep it. So you want to keep this, uh, you want to keep hype one. So the fundamental problem that has to be addressed is the time you spend the hype one is time that you're not spending in hype three or two, right? It's basically extending your downtime on purpose, which is not good. So one thing, one simple solution you could think about, it's worth thinking about, I think this is a bad solution, is to have hype go in reverse order. So the first time you you're enter hype, you're actually in hype three. And then once hype three ends, rather than uh, entering spirit recovery, you enter hype two. And once hype two ends, you enter hype one. This is basically a way of 
enforcing, and we remove, in that case, of course, we remove spirit recovery entirely, right? This is basically a way of enforcing that we stay in hype one. I think this has some practical problems. Like you don't really want to start in hype three, actually. Um, but I think this, this sort of gets rid of a lot of the, what makes the identity interesting, right? It sort of removes decision-making. Or if you do something like you're still able to transition early, well, you're, there's no reason now to transition from three to two, right? You, there's no reason that you don't just do the full three and potentially the full two, or you do exactly what you do now and ignore hype one if you can transition early, which is you get rid of two as soon as possible, or you get rid of one as soon as possible, right? Again, I don't think this solves the core issue. Um, from there, we can build up to the next idea. Okay, so what if we have a pooled resource? So right now, one of the reasons why Hype One is useless is it lasts a long time, which is sort of its positive, right? The only positive thing is that it lasts 80 seconds, whereas the, the Hype Two only lasts 40 seconds, Hype Three only lasts 20 seconds. So what if instead of making each one a set amount of time, they like run down a, a resource that you have? So you have a thousand points, and Hype One takes you know 10 points per tick. That number is not correct. Uh, it's actually more or less correct. You know, you have a thousand points of hype resource. Hype one ticks down uh, ten per tick. Hype two ticks down twenty. Hype three ticks down forty per tick, or whatever. Right. Um, essentially, that means you can choose to stay in hype one longer in order to have hype in total longer. Uh, I also think this one doesn't make much sense, although it has more promise than the first one, just because it's hard to imagine that one of the three won't be better. Right, because if there's still re spirit recovery, you're still going to want to be in hype three the whole time. So the first thing I can imagine is that you there's feels like there's no reason why you wouldn't just go straight into hype three in this case, right? Because now you're you don't even want to stay in hype two because hype hype two is eating into your hype three time. Um, or if you buff hype one so that this becomes viable to stay in hype one for longer, then hype one becomes dominant and there's no reason to transfer. Right, because if you have a pooled resource, they all share the same resource, you should just use the best one. Whichever one of the three is the best one is the one that you will use the whole time, essentially. So by approaching this from two directions, we sort of get at the crux of the problem, right? So what if, and this is the idea that maybe has the most legs, in my opinion, although I don't think it's a perfect idea in any, in any sense. What if you can no longer transition up hype levels at any time you want, instead you have to do something at a hype level before you can transition. So for example, every time you hit the boss, or maybe it can be based on damage, whatever, right? Let's say, but for simply, let's say every hit you do gives you a stack of something and you need to stack uh, 20 times before you can transition to hype, the next level of hype. This means that you, you're forced essentially to stay in hype one for some amount of time. Now, is that a good thing? Do you, you know, what is the point of forcing people to stay in hype? Well, that's, that's a separate issue, right? But if we assume that we want to keep high point around, right? Let's say that we were forced to stay in it for some equivalent like two rotations. Now, number of hits is problematic. So maybe it should be based on something else, amount of energy spent, damage done, whatever, right? But you need to stay for, let's say, you know, two rotations or whatever until you get enough to transition to hype two. And in hype two, it's the same thing. You need to stay for some amount of time before you can transition to hype three. And the reason why this might be more interesting is that at some level, hype two in practice, as it currently stands, hype two actually has has plenty of use, right? There's many situations you want to stay in hype two for the long for a long time. And of course, you want to transition to hype three in a very specific scenario. So this sort of raises the skill cap in the sense that 
you know, you now want to, you can no longer say, oh, it's time for the burst phase. I'm going to go straight into hyper three. Now you have to sort of build up and plan even more ahead. You're also punished for not doing your rotations properly if, if that's how it works, right? Um, or you're, you know, there's a chance that things will fall off if you're doing it. Now, I would say it's probably not a good idea to make it very tight. Um, it's probably much better to sort of make it fairly easy to hit this threshold. Not too easy, but fairly easy to hit the threshold so you can, uh, so you don't feel like you have to have constant uptime, although maybe that's what they want out of this class, who knows? But if we keep the current paradigm, if it's something like two rotations, then you can go. Um, it adds us an additional timed element to the uh, the hype. Now, and from this idea, you can build different systems. So for example, the buff doesn't have to just allow you to transition to the next level of hype. For example, um, you can start with no bonus from your hype and you get, you know, the, the buff that you get increases the bonus you get from that level of hype uh, probably while you're in it. So level one hype, if you stay in for the whole time and you're able to stack this buff all the way up to the top, once you get close to the end, you maybe it simulates the effect of hype, hype two or hype three, I don't know. That's, that seems a little pointless, but let's say it simulates the effect of hype two. Then when you transition to hype two, um, when you build it up to the end, you're, you simulate the effect of hype three and your timer counts down and then you transition. That sounds perhaps uh, not much benefit for a lot of complexity, but that is the direction you could go once you introduce the idea of having a stacking bonus, right? While you're in different levels. That's the avenue I would explore. I think, you know, I don't think it's worth necessarily plotting out all the ideas and like theory crafting about them. But um, if you wanted to keep hype one, I think that's, that's sort of the direction I would go. Finding some way to meaningfully force people to stay in hype one percent at a time without sort of punishing the rest of the kit. Uh, however, um, if Solfiz were to stay the way it is, I would say probably the best thing to do is just remove hype one. I think there's basically no point for it to exist. So the next thing to consider is what is the effect that the rework actually has on the players? Uh, it's actually for anyone who's currently dedicated time to the class, a rework like this is uh, uh, fairly expensive. Um, so I have a bill. I have, you know, ancient accessories that I bought that I don't have equipped. I have spent a lot of money on a neck, a uh, different neck, not this one. Uh, they're in storage right now, but they are targeted towards the current meta build, which is adrenaline keen blunt weapon. The specific part here is keen blunt. Under the rework, the meta build, this build is no longer viable. In fact, it's no longer even, uh, like I mentioned, because of the way the skills have changed, it's no longer even like slightly viable we're basically forced to take Ambush Master, which means many of my accessories have to change. In fact, my stone also has to change. Um, if I were to continue to play this character in this game, uh, it would be quite expensive, right? It would be, you know, the equivalent of, I don't know what the store prices are at, but if the equivalent of maybe like 60, $200, if I wanted to um, reprise my current uh, quality level, right, of accessories and stuff, um, so fundamentally, and this is where I want to transition talking about system level stuff. Fundamentally in the game, when you rework a character, you are generally always going to be doing something bad to the players that have invested into that character, especially if it's a, if it's a downgrade, uh, or a fundamental change of some kind. So for example, in Hearthstone, when they nerf a character, they refund 
uh, they or they give you dust, right, equal to the cost of the character. Obviously, I I don't think it's feasible for them to do that here. Like I I don't think it's possible because these accessories that go into the build have variable value, right? They they're defined by market value. If you do some kind of blanket refunds, you have a ton of vectors for abuse that can be solved, but may not be worth solving, right? So I I think it's okay that. Uh, investments are lost, right? When changes are made, and I I do think that changes frequently have to be made. Um, there's plenty of classes, not Soulfist, but plenty of other classes that I think need reworks or need specific changes that will make them weaker or stronger or or fundamentally different. May change the way they play. When is the best time to do these changes? Well, in Lost Ark, <laughs> I don't think there's an answer um, because of the way it's currently constructed. In other big MMOs like WoW and Final Fantasy, there's a very Clear time when it's less intrusive to roll out these changes,、uh, and that's usually something like at the start of an expansion. They have a system in place where there's a new expansion, where for the most part every character and every skill, every job,、uh, every class gets reset to sort of a new baseline level, not to a new player level, but to a baseline level where、uh, everyone is sort of starting on the same footing, regardless of how much progress you made in the previous expansion. This is a good time. Because people's investments are all reset to zero at the same time in a way that's sort of coordinated, and you're able to do that in a way that's less intrusive because you're not really taking away anything people are invested in because everyone's starting over. Now, obviously, you one could reasonably argue, very reasonably argue that, well, what you're doing is you're taking that investment away from everybody at the same time,、uh, which obviously is true. But I think that's fine. As long as you're planting that, like I, I think the idea of having a new expansion, new patch,、uh, new content in WoW and Final Fantasy is generally expected, generally looked forward to.、Uh, it's a time for new players to get back in, feel like they're catching up.、Um, Lost Ark doesn't do that. In fact,、uh, I haven't seen this for myself, but I've heard secondhand that Lost Ark has said that they are never going to do that.、Um, and in some ways, this is encouraging the players that. You know the giga whales, the players that want to commit a ton of resources to their character to do so, right? With the with sort of the assumption that their their investment is never going to be like fully reset.、Uh, but fundamentally, I don't think that's true. I mean, first of all, if there's a rework and you don't want to play the class anymore, you experience the same thing, right? Like if I was a giga whale for Solfus and this happened, like I I think I have the same experience as everyone else. Um, but okay, so okay, let's say that class rubrics are rare. You still run into a lot of problems when you do Lost Ark setup of sort of infinite linear scaling, right? Where every con is only slightly more than the previous one.、Um, for example, one of the problems that currently exists is like new player, the new player catch up system, just keeps skipping more and more of the old content.、Uh, at which point it sort of becomes fair to wonder what's the point of the old content in the first place, right?、Uh, if no one is doing it. If, or if it's too easy and people are just getting carried through it, if you can't really experience at item level anymore,、um, why why does it exist? In other games, that content gets moved once it's past its usefulness to the leveling experience or to、um, a solo experience or basically to somewhere else where it's kind of out of the way and people do the current content, which is what's happening with Lost Ark. But in some ways, the old content is sort of still. Technically within the current level, and there's no way to skip it for a new character without any kind of additional tool like a power pass.
So if you were to make actually a brand new character, you still have to do all that content, climb a much larger ladder, which they keep letting new players skip more and more of by giving higher and higher level power passes, essentially. And I won't get into the details of how that system works, right? But I think fundamentally, if they continue to do things this way, it becomes untenable. It depends on, I guess it depends on how you would define untenable. Um, it has continued to grow linearly, so there's no reason why, you know, the arbitrary threshold I love can keep going up. But I think we, we reach a point where it becomes a little messy. As a very basic example, if I look at the raid UI, there's a lot of content on the UI that is no longer relevant, right? So this Abyss raid, there's only one. Um, you know, it's very unclear why this still exists, right? It's It takes up a box on this UI. It's, you know, the gold game from it has gotten nerfed. No one does it anymore. Most new characters can skip this content entirely. You know, why does this exist? So I do think that the idea of doing a hard reset for your game, right, where everyone resets the same level, you can apply changes on mass, there's coordinated launch of new content, will at some point be unavoidable. But we'll see, maybe they'll prove me wrong. But I do think if that were to happen, it would make reworking classes much easier, and it would be much easier to make a coordinated holistic attack at the problems they see in the system rather than doing things piecemeal. Now, based on the way they've done class changes, I feel like there's not that many people working on this. So such a coordinated effort would probably not be possible. You know, I don't know what their business model is. That's that's more of a question for their business people, right? To see how much do we actually lose from these reworks? How much is there demand for these reworks? What is our monetization model like? Can we, can we really afford to uh, go backwards at this point, right? And reset, maybe the answer is no. Um, I can't speculate too much about it just because I don't know, right? That, all right, that's it. That's my, that's the end of my rant about mostly the Solfice rework, but also MMO systems, small gates, niche classes. I plan to do more of these. I don't know about the cadence yet, but um, I plan to do a companion series. I want to do, so this, is, this one is Regal Rants, where I complain about something I dislike. I similarly want to do something called Regal Raves, named TBD, where I talk about a game that really excited me, that I'm really positive about, and I want to try to do at least equal numbers of those. Um, I don't know what the cadence will be like. Don't know when someone will have time. We'll see. Everything's up in the air. We're, uh, you know, we're doing things when we feel like them, essentially. So thanks for listening. Uh, the next episode should hit your inbox pretty soon here. Um, so that'll be, that also be uh, something to look forward to for our three listeners. Um, and I'll see you next time.